Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, there are a few places in sport more iconic than the Garden, but when will Knicks fans get what they've sought after since their last title 50 years ago? Plus, what does the future hold for stars like Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, Klay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard? All are extension eligible, but who will get them and who may be left on the outside looking in? Also, year 21 on the horizon for LeBron James. Why title number five could be on the way as well. We preview everything Lakers coming up. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. He is senior writer Zach Lowe. I am Malika Andrews. And Zach, the start of the show is for you because you said the other day that we just do not talk enough about the Lakers never on the them. show. We never, never hit them. them on the show, especially considering the magnitude of the offseason. So this is for you. Oh, this is for Lakers fans. This is for Lakers haters. Let's get it started. Here's where we're at, right? LeBron James, he took the stage at the ESPYs, and he officially, after a little bit of, you know, teasing the audience, rambling a little bit, he declared his return for his 21st season in the NBA. And then in August, remember Anthony Davis, he agreed to a three-year, $186 million extension through 2028. Now, the deal is currently, listen to this, the highest annual contract extension in NBA history at $62 million a season. Ooh-wee. And then all throughout the Lakers, this, their offseason, right, their summer has been busy, showing up Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt, D'Angelo Russell, plus they added Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, Christian Wood. You got all that. By the way, this gives the Lakers currently eight players at 6'8 or taller as we say hello to our senior rider, Brian Windhorst, our WNBA rock star Janae Agumake. So Zach, I'm going to start with you here because we talked about, okay, the Lakers, they, they made it to the conference finals, but people were like, oh, is it real? Is it fake? Can they do it again? Call it now in September on September 21st. Where do you feel it? I think it was real, and I think they can absolutely do it again. The Lakers are really, really good defensively. Anthony Davis was the best defensive player in the postseason, full stop. Their biggest obstacle is their best player is almost 39 years old and has played more minutes than everyone but one person in the history of the NBA. We've seen the wear and tear that LeBron usually brings to the playoffs, but they're deep, they're loaded. Austin Reeves is going is only going to get better, and there was nothing fluky about what they did. Their offense was actually kind of mediocre the whole run, and that is their other biggest obstacle this season. They just have to get a more dependable half-court offense. The only fluky thing was that Rui Hachimura went crazy on yes. jump shots from all over the floor, but there's nothing in this team's resume that says it was a fluke or that there's any reason we should doubt it. They are in the inner circle of title contenders below Denver, Whoa. probably a little below Phoenix, okay. maybe below Milwaukee and Boston, but they're right there. They got a shot. Hmm. Yeah, my expectation for them, Malika, is to be a top four team in the West. And that's saying something because, you know, last year they had no expectations. Maybe they were deluding themselves at the start of the season that the Russell Westbrook experiment was going to play out. 
Nobody in the league thought that, and they basically played the underdog and played from behind and overachieved down the stretch of the season. That's not going to be the case now. With the way that they're set up, what they're coming off of, that they brought this team back, we're expecting them to play great right from the start, especially if they're able to maintain health. And the one thing I think is going to be interesting and a challenge for Darvin Ham, because they have signed Jackson Hayes, because they have signed Christian Wood, there's going to be a possibility that they could play Anthony Davis back at power forward where he prefers to play. But let's remember, they invested a lot of money in Rui Hachimura. Just last week, they extended Jared Vanderbilt. They did that for those guys to play four next to Anthony Davis at the five. So... I'm not saying they got to play that way in November and December, but when it matters, they do need to go back to the way that they played last year and were so good defensively, which was Anthony Davis playing center. So keep an eye on that and the way they you know, developed that through the season. Anthony Davis playing center, what he has said over and over again that he loves so very much. But uh, Brian, it's an interesting that you mentioned Anthony Davis here because Jeannie Buss joined the Athletic Podcast. She expressed her thoughts on the quality of Anthony Davis on the court last season. Take a listen to this. Something just clicked with the team and Anthony Davis being healthy. There, There's an argument to be made that he was the best player in the NBA when he was playing at that level. Best player in the NBA. So Jeannie is very high on Anthony Davis this season. And if he stays healthy, he could very well be a good value pick here for MVP because he's right now, he's outside the top 10 for the award. That's according to Caesars. But when he's on the floor, his impact is undeniable. So Chinay, what are your expectations for Anthony Davis this season? And if he can stay on the court, what is this Laker team ceiling? Yeah, Anthony Davis can absolutely be MVP Got to play 65 games, though, right? right? An average 20 minutes. That's the threshold. But when healthy, he puts up the numbers for that. We were talking about his impact on the floor defensively. I believe the Lakers, when he steps on the floor and is playing defense, had the best defense in the NBA. Only one player scored 26 points per game, averaged 25 per numbers, 10 rebounds, and two blocks defensively. Only one. That's Anthony Davis. So his defense is huge. His offense is consistent. The only thing, the only piece is making sure he puts those pieces together game by game for him to be eligible. Yep. But I just love this idea of setting that expectation high, saying, hey, you have the ability. We have surrounded you with the pieces. You don't have to max yourself out. The front court is deep. It's really building this narrative that the Lakers, that was not a fluke. They mm -hmm. deserve, based on their talent, to potentially get back to that Western Conference final. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that 65-game minimum because Anthony Davis only played in 56 games last season, Chanel. When do your expectations for Anthony Davis here? Well, you know, I, I appreciate what Jeannie said, but if you remember back in the playoffs, I can't remember, was it the odd games where he played good offense or was it the even games? <laughs> Do you remember his production up and down? Like, um, to be an MVP-level player, yeah, that production offensively has got to be more steady. But it's undeniable that his impact offensively was a driver in the Lakers' run in the playoffs. So they extended him at that number because they have such belief in his importance for the roster. And I believe, as as much attention was on the, 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 the getting Austin Reeves under contract, as much attention was putting on signing Gabe Vincent away from the Miami Heat, the number one piece of business for the Lakers this offseason was to get Anthony Davis settled into that contract. That was super important because he's so important to what they do. And um, look, he played less than 60 games last year. LeBron played less than 60 games. In the competitive Western Conference, if they're going to put themselves in a good position for the playoffs, those guys got to be healthy. That's just the reality. I feel like 
a sensation of deja vu in this entire segment. How many years have we had the conversation about, well, Anthony Davis doesn't like to play center. They're going to have to play him at center when it really matters. And maybe he could win MVP if mm-hmm. he plays 60. It's like every year with this. With apologies to GD Buss, he was not arguably the best player in the NBA last year. He was, however, arguably the best defensive player in the NBA. And that's the most important responsibility he has with the Lakers. He single-handedly dominated entire playoff series. To Wendy's point, regular season, 26 points per game. Playoffs, 22.5 points per game. Shots down, free throws down, usage rate down. They're going to need him to be a little bit more consistent offensively. I thought he got a little too much criticism for the occasional dips. That's part of life. They're going to need him to be a little more consistent. And above that, the biggest mystery in the NBA since the bubble is what happened to Anthony Davis's jump shot because that's the scoring dip. That's the inconsistency. That's the up and down. It has just deserted him since he was on fire for the entire bubble. And I think to have a half-court offense that's good enough to win four playoff series or even three playoff series, he's going to have to find a workable jump shot again. Detective Lowe is on the case, but Anthony Davis, he got that extension in August. But there's still a couple of stars that are waiting to see if they are going to be in that same camp. Coming up on NBA Today, we are going to discuss just that because some big decisions lie ahead for Kawhi Leonard, for Clay, for Donovan, many, many more. Will they opt for greener pastures or for more green? You see we did there, Zach. And Knicks owner Jim Dolan, he made some, we're going to call them eyebrow-raising remarks about owning teams. Knicks fans, we're breaking down everything that he said, what it could mean going forward, and yes, your chances at winning a title. Plus, today marks the anniversary of the announcement of the Dream Team. So we have exclusive behind-the-scenes footage of how that came together. We'll be right back after the break. Grab a coffee and come right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. In a recent interview, he casted a little bit of doubt on whether or not he would commit to the franchise long term. I want to win. I have to do whatever it takes for me to win. And if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. Right there was the most important thing that happened in the NBA this summer. This is just the reality of a star in the NBA. The front office should be nervous. The fan base should be nervous. And everybody in the city of Milwaukee should be nervous. One. We are one day away from Giannis Antetokounmpo officially becoming extension eligible. But please, Bucks fans, 
do not be too alarmed if and when he does not sign because he stands to make $61 million more if he waits until next offseason. So all of us, let's take a breath. But remember, Giannis isn't alone. Take a look at some of the other notable players that have yet to sign extensions despite being eligible. I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. You can see the list right here. Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Bam Adebayo. You can see the full list on your screen of stars that could put pen to the paper. So memorize it, look at it, which ones are going to affect your team as I ask you, Brian Windhorst, who is the one name on this list that every NBA fan should have their eyes on? Yeah, so let's hear what Donovan Mitchell has to say at Media Day when he is asked about this. He is in the exact same situation that Giannis is in. He has two years left on his contract, but he is eligible to extend now. And unlike Brandon Ingram or Jamal Murray or Pascal Siakam, he is not eligible to get the Supermax. Those other guys cannot sign and legitimately say, I'm going to try to make all NBA this year to try to get more money. Because Donovan was traded, that's off the table. Now, I do not expect him to sign an extension with mm. the Cavs this summer, nor do I expect that to cause a major alarm. Okay. I expect him to go into next year. But the way that he handles discussing it is important. Because look at the way Giannis has chosen to talk about it. On his own volition, several times this summer, he has basically made it known that his future in Milwaukee is not assured. How Donovan answers that question and explains his decision process will be very important for the Cleveland Cavaliers, their fans, and potentially other teams out there who may be interested in making a trade for Donovan Mitchell at some point to, to listen to. My expectation is Donovan, who's a total pro, will handle this like he did in Utah, which was pledge his undying love to the Jazz, but also keep his options open. We'll see. That's going to be one of the big things to watch on Media Day. Particularly when you remember that, oh yeah, Donovan Mitchell had been looking at, potentially talking about some other teams, not necessarily where he ended up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Zach, who do you have your eye on? Pascal Siakam, the Raptors are at something of a crossroads, kind of straddling two paths at once. They're, they're built to win a decent amount of games now with some veteran talent, but they're also going to turn over more of the offense and more of the team to Scotty Barnes, who had such a sensational rookie season, slightly disappointing sophomore season. Where does that leave Pascal Siakam, who's 29 and eligible for a huge extension and is a two-time All-NBA player? If the Raptors decide this season or maybe going forward that they have a chance to get a veteran star from another team one way or another, whoever that might be, then you probably want to keep Pascal Siakam around because you want to win today. If not, then it, it, a decision time is coming one way or another. There were trade rumblings earlier. This offseason, Atlanta was mentioned a lot. Those have kind of died down. It's all quiet on the Siakam front right now, but that's a big bellwether for the Raptors and maybe the rest of the league. So both of you two are hanging out in the Eastern Conference. I'm looking at two players, and they are both in the West because the L.A. Clippers, they have yet to extend either Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, and they're eligible to do so if they wanted to right now. And if it stays that way, both players, right, Zach, they can, they can walk next summer. That's a lot of uncertainty for a team that's opening a $2 billion arena after this season. So I ask you, what is the path out of this cycle of they're, they're just not been quite good enough, but also do they have a choice but to extend these two? They have been good enough when the two of them are healthy. It just hasn't happened enough or at the right time. And I think the Clippers are in a really, really tough spot. Almost, you have to look around the league and look at how they've performed since making the conference finals in 2021. They have to be wondering, has the rest of the league 
Have the other elite teams in the league passed us by? Have we missed our best chance to win with this group? Some of their other key rotation players, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, are getting older, fell out of the rotation last year. They're going to have to rely on some young guys. Is, that's a major question they have to ask themselves. And then it's almost like they're trapped in what could be, could be a lose-lose situation. You either pay these guys and lock yourself into a team that's older and more expensive and already hasn't won at the level that you expected, or you let them walk and become a much worse team that doesn't control your own draft picks because of the trade that brought those two guys here. It's an incredibly tough spot, and it's why I think whether it's James Harden or other players, the Clippers will try again to upgrade the roster around these guys to make one last reasonable run with them. But it's a very, very tough, rock-hard place kind of position. Oh, sounds like a tightrope. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Clippers are not without leverage here. Now, typically, when you've got a, a, a star player going into the last year of his contract, the team is in kind of trouble, and they're kind of you know, going with a little bit of hat in hand. I don't think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George want to leave Los Angeles. I think they want to be there. And I also think that uh, the, 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 the Clippers are in position to probably pay them more money than anybody else is going to be able to in the market. And the Clippers have some things to negotiate, not just the actual max and years of the contract, but under the new CBA, you can renegotiate option years. So both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have player options. Typically, you'd have to pick up those options and extend there. But the new rules say you can decline that option and renegotiate that year. So if they do want to extend, the Clippers can sort of you know, try to, you know, manipulate what they've got left on the deal. So it's complex. So, yes, I think you absolutely don't want to lose these guys if they're healthy. But I don't think the Clippers feel the same pressure that another team in the situation might feel. I'm with Zach. I would not be at all surprised if, you know, particularly after someone gets off to a certain start or another start, if we start to hear, oh, maybe there's some more momentum towards seeing if James Harden could fit with this Clippers roster. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Zach. Can you believe this? It's been 32 years since the Dream Team was assembled. Well, we have must-see behind-the-scenes footage that you are not going to want to miss coming up exclusively on NBA Today. And speaking of the Olympics, could we see Victor Wembenyama play for France next summer? Well, good thing International Wendy is here and on the case with the very latest. Plus, now there are four. Chenea Gumake breaks down the WNBA playoffs, what she's looking forward to the most in these semis, all that and so much more. We're just getting started on NBA today. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
You're watching NBA Today. The worst-kept invitation list was made public this afternoon. The star-studded Stars and Stripes U.S. Olympic basketball team for 92 unveiled. They'll all be Barcelona-bound next summer. Mr. Robinson, Patrick, Birdman, Michael, and Magic. It's wild. Who have ever thought Magic, Michael, Barkley, Ewing, Jordan, you know, just everybody all on one team. <laughs> are y'all ready for this? The world, are you ready? <laughs> that clip aired on ESPN 32 years ago. Thank you, Mike Tirico. But Magic Johnson, he was rightfully excited. That was the day the Dream Team roster, it was officially announced. And you all know this. Magic, Bird, Michael, you got the names. But they went on to win gold in Barcelona. But their impact on international, international basketball, rather, was much bigger. If not for them, we might not have known the, the Dirks, the Giannis's, the Luka, the Jokic. So here's Jeremy Schapp with a look back on the Dream Team. Never before and never again will there be such a team. 11 Hall of Famers, the most magnificent assemblage of athletic talent ever gathered together on one roster in any sport at any time. Its mission, to reclaim for the U.S. the Men's Olympic Basketball Championship. I'm sitting here saying, I'm playing with the greatest basketball players in the world. I still can't believe that we're all together on one team. For more than half a century, the U.S. was so dominant in basketball that its collegiate players were all that was needed to win the gold. But by the 1988 Olympics, the de facto pros from the rest of the world were catching up. After the U.S. won only the bronze medal at the Olympics in Seoul, the college kids were jettisoned. The new approach was made official in September 1991, when it was announced that the following summer in Barcelona, the U.S. would be fielding a team of basketball icons, a dream team. I missed my chance in 1980. I was hurt by the fact that I didn't get a chance to compete for a gold medal, so I'm looking forward to it. And I'm kind of disappointed that the teams from the United States have lost the last couple of years. And it's frustrating, especially the way those other teams be running and jumping around like they've done something special. It kind of really makes me mad. Initially, the plan was still to include several college players. But when it became clear that the NBA's elite were willing to forego their summer vacations, that changed. Eventually, the selection committee would name only one collegiate, Duke's Christian Leitner. The other 11 players would be pros, the best of the best. But when the team was introduced in a made-for-television event, there was one glaring omission. Isaiah Thomas and my relationship is nothing has to do with me being on this team. You know, uh, you know, I think a lot of things being blown out of proportion. That was a lie, one Michael Jordan copped to only recently in a book by Jack McCallum of Sports Illustrated. When Jordan was approached to join the Dream Team in 1991, he told coach Chuck Daly and the selection committee, yes, count me in, on one condition. He told Chuck, he told the committee he really didn't want to play with Isaiah, and Chuck knew that Michael was much more important than Isaiah was. And so the committee kind of was left with no choice. I mean, if it was Michael Jordan or Isaiah Thomas, that was no contest. Michael Jordan was going to win that contest. Did Isaiah deserve to be on the dream team? No question about it. 
when you think about a team, everybody must get along, everybody's got to live together, they got to hang out together. And Isaiah, in some of his competitive nature, rub you know, some of the guys the wrong way, whether it's Michael Jordan, Carl Malone. When the Dream Team assembled for the first time in San Diego in June 1992 in preparation for the Olympic qualifying tournament, this is how it looked. At center, Patrick Ewing and David Robinson. At forward, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, and Leitner. At guard, Chris Mullen, John Stockton, Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler, and Jordan. Bird and Johnson, the team's unofficial captains, were both at the ends of their careers. Bird was hobbled by constant back pain. Johnson had announced the previous fall that he was HIV positive. His enthusiasm, though, hadn't waned. The anticipation was wearing me out, you know, because I was so excited. And now I'm finally here, and I can relax now and, and do what I know how to do and what I do best, and that's just play basketball. How do you feel, Larry? Good, thank you. Uh, you'll be okay? I mean, I better be. Everything. I better be. Hey, we should have ego. We're the best players in the world. But you, you're, I don't know what you do for a living. You probably got an ego. So everybody got an ego. It was merely a scrimmage, but the Dream Team did lose to a team of college all-stars, powered by Michigan's Chris Webber and Duke's Bobby Hurley. For Chuck Daly's purposes, it was the best of all possible outcomes. He basically wanted to send a message that you could lose. And so in a short scrimmage, he pretty much orchestrated a loss. We were making a comeback. He got up call practice. And we were like, no, oh, coach, you know, let's play another one. Nope, we'll play it tomorrow. And that right there stuck in our crawl all night. It gave us a sense of urgency and showed us that we just couldn't show up and have a collection of NBA All-Stars and think we were just gonna win based on that. Later that month at the Olympic qualifying tournament, opponents such as Panama would be sacrificed on the Dream Team's altar. Panama, oh, we're gonna get the canal back. <laughs> <You know. laughs> All but effortlessly, the U.S. qualified for Barcelona and gave the world a taste of what was to come winning by an average of almost 52 points per game. In July, the Dream Team touched down in Barcelona. In the 2,800-year history of the Olympics, which were created to honor Zeus, never before had any group of athletes been treated so much like gods themselves. After every guy got off the budget, the only way you could have, you know, I described the attention they described was uh, orgasmic. I just remember turning to my wife and looking at her and saying, is this for us? You see fire trucks, police, guys standing with Uzis and everything. I'm like, what is going on? I can't quite say I was a rock star those two weeks, but I was part of a band. That show was incredible. I don't know anything about Angola, but Angola's in trouble. In their opening game, the Dream Teamers thrashed the Angolans, who were clearly more interested in collecting autographs than in competing against their heroes. Regardless, Charles Barkley sparked a minor international incident by throwing an elbow at forward Herlander Coimbra. We all cringed because we didn't, we, don't, we didn't need to do that, we didn't have to do that. Coimbra, however, was treated much gentler than Tony Kukoc, the Croatian star who'd been drafted by the Chicago Bulls but had not yet played for them. 
Furious that the Bulls wouldn't reward Scottie Pippen with a new contract because they were keeping money in reserve to sign Coach, the two Bulls on the Dream Team decided to inflict the maximum amount of humiliation allowable under the rules. That morning of the bus ride to go to shoot around, Michael said, look, I got him. I don't want no help. I'm going to shut him down. And Pippen said, no, no, you got to give me some of them, too. Jordan and Pippen made Kukoc suffer for the Bulls' faith in him. He scored just four points and was completely shaken. I'll just say this. I felt sorry for Tony Kukoc. Man, they, they played him so hard and made it so hard for him that night. I wasn't quite sure he was going to come over to the NBA. Scotty says he doesn't think he can play in the NBA. Yeah, that's a little bit unfair just to him. I mean, you, know, you got to realize the guy was playing against 11 of the best players in the league. After Angola and Croatia, the Dream Teamers would go on to demolish Germany, Brazil, and Spain, then Puerto Rico and Lithuania, winning by an average of 45 points per game. In the gold medal game, the result was only slightly closer. In a rematch with Croatia, the Americans won by 32 points, 117 to 85. I remember being up there with all those great players and then just being able to, to soak it in and, and listen to that national anthem. When they started playing our national anthem, man, that's when we, I think a few of us got choked up. I was standing up there saying, this is who we are. This is what we're about, and I was just proud to be an American. Everybody made the sacrifices that they needed to make to, to get that win, to get this, to get this. <laughs> I'm showing it off today. This is what it's all about, a gold medal for the USA. That was our goal, now our mission is accomplished. Now we can relax. Somewhat anticlimactically, the dream had been fashioned into reality, but the point was never to make things interesting on the court just to crush all those other countries who dared to challenge American basketball supremacy. There have been subsequent so-called dream teams at the Olympics, but none match the talent or the significance of the original. Probably none ever will. People can say dream team two or whatever they want, but there'll never be a team like, like that one. <laughs> all those other teams, I'm sorry, just couldn't follow the dream team. They didn't put on a show like the dream team. They, they were not loved like the Dream Team. They didn't have the personalities like the Dream Team. It's only one Dream Team, baby. One. That was us. Only one, and that is how the Dream Team came to be 32 years ago today. But, Brian, you're embedded in all things with the international game lately. This offseason, you've been to, what, Abu Dhabi, the Philippines, France. I'm probably missing something, but I want to focus on France and Victor Wembanyama because he is committed to play for France at the 2024 Paris Olympics. You spent time around him. Why was this so important to Victor? Well, this is something he wanted to do this summer, Malika, but he really is focused on trying to get off to a good start with the Spurs. His coach last season with Metropolitan's 92, Vincent Collet, is the French national team coach. 
And last year, the team, you know, paused and let Victor go play for France in the World Cup qualifying tournaments, which, by the way, he played very well in. And here's the thing about next summer. France has been building towards this for five to seven years. They were silver medalists at the 2021 games in Tokyo. They beat the U.S. both in that year in qualifying play and also at the World Cup in 2019. They were silver medalists at the European Championships last year. And this summer, without Victor, because he was preparing for the season, they were very disappointed, didn't make the medal round in the Philippines. So. Having home court advantage next year, they're going to be gunning for the U.S. amongst a couple other of strong European teams. And France is going to be a serious contender, especially if Victor is healthy. And who knows, they may be able to recruit another NBA player or two between now and then. All I'm saying, Brian, is Victor said this quote. He said, there's no other goal than gold for France. We expect Team USA to bring their A squad to Paris after finishing fourth in the World Cup. But that is going to be interesting to see if those words can come to fruition. Brian, please do not go too far because still to come on NBA Today, Knicks owner James Dolan, he made some interesting comments about owning sports teams that maybe he doesn't like it. Uh, but Knicks fans, not all is lost. Zach Lowe, he might see some light at the end of the tunnel. We do? You're going to want to hear it on the other side of this break. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. Tonight in Gotham on this first day of June. We have a new NBA champion. Hats off to the New York Knickerbocker defense. Jackson for the trailer roll. What a move by Starks. Johnson fires. Fouled. He hit it. He hit it. He hit it. Got it. With eight hands left. Throws down the hammer. Anthony for three. Puts it in. We hit it. Welcome back 
to NBA Today. Let's hear from Jim Dolan, uh, because in an interview that ran in the New York Times this week, the owner of the New York Knicks, James Dolan, he discussed his family empire, including the team who calls the world's most famous arena home. And this is what he said. This is just a portion that made my eyebrows go. Can you raise an eyebrow, Zach? I can do two. I can't do one. I, I Not the do, rock. I can, do, I can do one, but I can't do the wave that the rock can do. This is what James Dolan said. He said he considered expanding his sports portfolio, perhaps by buying a baseball or soccer team. But while the Knicks and Rangers are, quote, near and dear to my heart, I really don't like owning sports teams, calling the economics of major league sports kind of sleepy, and he ruled out that option. So Dolan also went on to say that, quote, being a professional sports owner in New York, you're not beloved until you're dead. So, Zach, you're kind of New Yorker-ish, suburban now, New York. Let's comfort the until you're dead piece of it, right? What makes you optimistic, potentially, about the New York Knicks today in this moment? First of all, I'm so sad for James Dolan that he's not beloved and isn't enjoying being a billionaire who controls major portions of New York City. I'm so I'm very sad. It's good. You, sounds, want, you want a tissue? Sounds, sounds, here, I'm here not beloved. How many people are actually beloved? No one's beloved. You're <laughs> never gonna be beloved. The here. Knicks. Okay, the Knicks. They won a playoff series. They demolished the Cleveland Cavaliers. They competed hard against Miami in the second round. If I'm a Knicks optimist, Philadelphia, they're a mess. Milwaukee. Facing some pressure. Boston, got to reinvent themselves around Kristaps Porzingis, some injury-prone guys. Miami, still doesn't have Damian Lillard. They got Miami. They got hashtag heat culture, Jimmy Butler, and Bama. They don't have Damian Lillard yet. Why not? Why can't we wake up in May and the New York Knicks are in the conference finals? Maybe not the finals. That might be a little much. But why not the conference finals? This is a good, deep Team well-coached. They're going to grind defensively. The big obstacle for the playoffs, though, assuming they get back, is Julius Randle's got to play better. He's 34% from the field career for the playoffs. He's been twice. He shot poorly both times. That's the next level for him and them. But title finals, that's a little much. They're I'm sorry. They got, they got picks galore for, those for are, those are the breaks. transactions. But why not conference finals? Why not? Those are the breaks, Zach. Do they need to be pumped, Brian, or are the Knicks going to the conference finals? I don't know about the conference finals, but Zach's point is... I just want us to clip off that thing where Zach says he's not beloved. I want to keep that around. We could use that again. Let's, mm. let's keep an eye on that. Um, I, I think the thing about the Knicks that you want to be optimistic about is they're upwardly mobile. Regardless of whether they are in the third seed or fourth seed or fifth seed like they were last year, the draft picks that they have at their disposal and the contracts that they have on their roster, in my view... They don't have a bad contract on their roster. All of their contracts that they have signed under Leon Rose, maybe with the exception of Evan Fournier, but that's now at the end, so it becomes tradable. All of those contracts are movable. They can play with this team and be competitive in the East, or when a star player becomes available, they can pivot and go after it. In fact, I think one of the challenges for the Knicks off the court over the next 12 to 18 months is to control themselves and wait for the player that they want to go all in for. They showed great discipline in not going crazy on the bidding for Donovan Mitchell last year. They ended up beating Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. So this is what I think about the Knicks. They have the ability to greatly improve this team. And I know this has been said for the last decade. And I can't, uh, you know, make up or, or cover up all the times when they could have gotten star players and haven't gotten the deal done. That is true. But it is possible for them to be a good team and betray themselves into a great team.
Well, Malika, the purpose of this article that you're referencing and talking about was to promote the sphere. Yes. And one could argue that the sphere has been the best thing for the Knicks the last few years because it's created uh, Dolan to distance himself, to focus on this project, to immerse himself, which allowed no nonsense, no distraction basketball, no antics, no public situations between fans and the ownership. That made it more attractive. You just focused on hooping now. We didn't have all of those ancillary stories that emerged from ownership. And what happened? You got a no-nonsense coach. You got no-nonsense players. You got Jalen Brunson. And to address your point, Zach Lowe, yes, Julius Randle has to take better steps towards his offense. But that guy is up there with the Ironman every year. I know he was bummed out to mess on in the last few games, but he's usually on the floor for most, if not 99% of the NBA season. So that sphere has been great. And lastly, I'll mention this, y'all. This segment has been wild. We got crocodile <laughs> tears. We got eyebrows. We got, what, what was that, Zach? Like, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. And, and then we found we found the happiest photo of James Dolan we could find just now. It was, that's it's the biggest you know smile we could possibly get. Shout out to look our at, Look how happy he is. On, oh, man. On that one. I love owning Smizing. the Knicks. Look how happy he looks on the Knicks. Just like this. Speaking of culture that I know the Knicks are going to need to continue to build if they want to win. Four-time champion Andre Iguodala. He had some thoughts on which NBA culture is the best in the league. And you actually might be surprised by his answer. That's coming up in 60 seconds. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching NBA Today. Welcome back. Last night we had a huge winner go home game between the Sun and the Lynx. So let's see how it all went down. Malika Andrews here with Cheney Agumake. We're going to pick this one up with under five minutes to go in the first quarter. The Sun up 17 to 6 here. Dewana Bonner knocks it Great. down from three. Cheney. That three, she became the third player in WNBA history with 1,000 points, 500 rebounds in the playoffs, joining Candace Parker and Tamika Catchings. And also, her partner in crime, Alyssa Thomas, was a beast, dropping 28 as well. But look at that midi. The midi, we're going to take this one ahead to the fourth quarter here. The Suns still up big in this one. 
Bonner gets the ball from Thomas, makes the jumper. Bonner finished with 25 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. At this point, Shanae, the Sun are coasting. And look at her AT, look at her hand like, uh-huh, I do that, I do that. She finished with 28 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds. The Sun win 90-75, to advanced to face the Liberty in the next round. Now, the Liberty swept the Sun during their four regular season meetings, but the Sun, they did have a 20-point lead in their third game, rebounding a big factor of the series with the size of New York here. So, Shanae, the second round now it is set we're down to the final four in the WNBA playoffs so with the Sun beating the Lynx last night what are you seeing in terms of the next matchups with the New York Liberty yeah, uh, my former teammate Candace Parker, back when we had Sparks practices, would always remind us as a team a saying from the late great Pat Summit: mm. "Offense sells tickets, defense wins games, Amen. rebounding wins you championships." And I will show you right now, producer Mike, how rebounding will affect this series. The Connecticut Sun have the number one scoring defense in the WNBA. So you watch right here, the shot goes up. Four Connecticut Sun players are keyed in on that shot, which means they're able to secure the rebound. They are the best at getting stops and getting to the rim. Duana Bonner, Tiffany Hayes, two of the best leak out guards in the WNBA. So rebounding leads to paint points quickly in transition for the Sun. Now the New York Liberty rebounding leads to threes. Great box out right here by Stephanie Dolson. The reason why Sabrina is the queen of the triple-double as well is because she pursues rebounds and she gets this one and she's going. The difference in rebounding here is not to the paint, but it's to the three-point line. They're going for threes instead of twos. And it's funny, Sluti, you got a three, but she actually like sort of hesitates, thinks she can get the layup. She auto-corrects, comes back. They still get the three from Sabrina. So overall, you have the number one scoring defense through rebounds, and then you've got another great defense that leads to threes. This is a match made in heaven. So we'll see who wins this series through rebounding. I cannot wait to watch it. Thank you so much. The WNBA playoffs, they roll on Sunday afternoon. A pair of game ones, the best of five semifinals. Brianna Stewart and the Liberty host, Dewana Bonner and the Sun. That's at 1 Eastern on ESPN. Arika Gumbawale and the Wings take on Asia Wilson and the defending champ, Aces. 5 Eastern, that's on ESPN2. Coverage begins with WBA Countdown at 12.30 on ESPN News. And speaking of the wings, congratulations to Sabali on being named the WNBA Most Improved Player. The former number two overall pick had been hampered the last two seasons with injury, but was named an all-star starter this season with career highs in points, in rebounds, assists, and steals. We'll be back in 60 seconds. time for us to go coast to coast. Oh, hey, Trey Young. Well, we're going to start with you because his assists have gone up in every season in his career. He tweeted that 11 assists a game, that was in sight for him, he felt like. And by the way, that would have led the league last year. Zach, you think Trey can do it? I'm going to go no just because with DeJounte Murray sharing the ball, that, that feels like a lot. But I am bullish on the Hawks. They're an interesting team this year. I'm picking them to make the playoffs. It's a kind of a prove-it year for this group and this combination of guards. It could go the other way. They have some big contracts that they can look to trade if it's not going well, but I think they're good. Go Ooh, Hawks. Interesting. Well, what about Paolo Bencaro and the Orlando Magic? Because head coach Jamal Mosley said on the Hoops Hype, Hoops Hype podcast that Paolo Bencaro is a combo of Jason Tatum, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron James. Shanae Gumake, your fellow Rookie of the Year here. How should he handle those expectations? say that, but I think he's a dream rookie. What did he just do? Average 20 points per game, the second most under Shaq. 
in the Magic organization. He had a great showing with Team USA. All he needs to do is win. I may not be bullish like Zach, but I'm very high on the Magic for developing prospects like Paolo. Interesting. <laughs> well, what about Kawhi Leonard? Thank you for that laugh there. <laughs> KTLA's Clippers clipboard. He told them that bringing Russell Westbrook back is, quote, going to be big for us. So, Brian, how big of a role do you expect Russ to have here? Well, I don't know, Russ, Russ, I don't know if he, you know, thrives in the way the Clippers need to, to play to win, but I'll tell you this, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were advocates to get Russ onto that roster last year. They talked the organization to give him a chance. Russ took advantage of it. There's a lot of trust and credibility between those star players. Russell Westbrook certainly could play a large role here for the Clippers. Andre Iguodala, though, was on J.J. Redick's Old Man and the Three podcast. Here is what he had to say about team culture. We all know about Miami Heat culture. Right? I got handed my practice jersey, practice shorts, socks, and then you get your uh, knee pads and the mouthpiece. And I was like, no, nah, I don't need that. Like, I don't wear knee braces or mouthpiece. He was like, yes, you do. I'm like, bro, I've been in the league for 15, 16 years. Like, I've had success. And he was like, no, nah, you need that. And I'm like, here y'all go. But once I embraced it, I'm like, huh. We do play harder than everybody in the league. And this does matter at the end of the year. Now, on the other side of it, sometimes with the Warriors coming at the locker in the halftime locker room, I'm like, yo, will y'all tighten up, please? And so now I got to do the reverse, like lock in. And so in one place, it's like, yo, just relax. We worked hard enough. We good. And then, the, but on the other side, it was like, yo, we know we're going to win. But come on, let's lock in. We had to have those conversations a lot. So it was that balance is, man. Interesting insight from Andre Godala on how different teams build culture. The Warriors heat both examples of teams that have built that culture. The Warriors culture was tested, certainly, uh, leading up to the season last year. Is there another team, though, Brian, that comes to mind when you think of that building culture? Well, the San Antonio Spurs, I know that that's not where they're at right now, but the Spurs organization and their development, um, and that comes from having a, a coach for 20 years uh, and Greg Popovich. And, you know, Eric Spolster is on that track, but the San Antonio Spurs are right there at the top when it comes to culture. And what they're hoping to do is sort of reset that and re-begin that with Victor Wembanyama. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder are another interesting example of a team that kind of took a lot of what the Spurs have done and have taken it in different directions, but building around a young core that can set an example together for each other for what the franchise stands for. That's another one I'd look at. Right, but then when you hang the banners, that's when culture comes to its peak. All right, tomorrow right here on NBA Today, Giannis Attentacumpo is officially eligible to sign an extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Will he do it? That's coming up on tomorrow's show. NFL Live is next. We'll see you then.